Welcome to the Outdoors is My Therapy podcast, your resource that informs, inspires and empowers you to uplevel your health and happiness by connecting you with the outdoors. I'm your host, Catherine Walton, founder of the Outdoors is My Therapy movement. I'm also a family-focused outdoors adventurer, a business owner and a mental health social worker. In this podcast, I share knowledge, strategies, tips and tricks to help you get outside into nature, strengthen your health and grow your sense of happiness and well-being. This is episode 15 of the Outdoors Is My Therapy podcast. This month, which is July 2020, if you're listening in the future, this month on the podcast, we're focusing on all things self-care. Episode 13 was all about how to use nature to stress less, to regulate your stress levels and bring about a relaxation response. Episode 14 gave you a guided mindfulness practice that you can use outdoors. And today's episode is looking at what really truly is self-care and what you most need to focus on so that you don't get distracted or get led up the wrong path when it comes to self-care. Our next episode will give you a bit of a leg up when it comes to managing one of the most common obstacles that women stumble over with self-care. Can you guess what that is? It's all about time not having enough time, juggling all the things, the competing priorities and responsibilities, and how you manage that. Self-care is never skin deep. If you believe the advertisements that are trying to sell you a glossy, glitzy image of self-care, it might look like having your nails done, having a holiday in Bali, spending a whole day shopping for new clothes and handbags and shoes. And these activities, they can be a part of self-care, but if you only focus on buying luxury items, and, and they're often expensive as well, luxury and expensive items and activities and services and products to make yourself feel good, then you're missing out on the vital aspects the true foundations of self-care. So we can flip it around and look at self-care in another way. If I asked you, what's childcare, aged care or neighbourhood care? What comes to your mind? What are the tasks and the activities that you actually do when you're caring for children or caring for older people in poor health or caring for your neighbours? When I think of childcare, just to use that as an example, it gets me thinking about looking after children's well-being, their physical and their emotional needs, like making sure they've got a safe environment to play in and making sure they have plenty of time to run around outside. I also think about food preparation, right from planning meals, buying the groceries, bringing them home, getting them sorted, and making nutritious meals, packing their lunches with love and care and attention, and maybe sometimes giving them a bit of a treat in there or or a little message for the day. Childcare also makes me think about making sure that I provide plenty of educational activities for them. 
So that could be books, it could be games, so many different things, so many different experiences they can have during the day that have a bit of an educational aspect. Childcare also gets me thinking about making sure that the kids get to sports practice, get their homework done or get involved with some of those other extracurricular activities that they might love to do or that we think are good for them. I also think about helping them to celebrate the joys and the successes that they have in life and helping them to rise up to the challenges and to problem solve. Helping them to settle down at night with a a good evening routine and when the children are upset, being able to care for them That might look like listening to them, really listening to them, listening to what they have to say, listening behind the words, listening to their behaviours, working out what's going on, giving them some gentle advice and some encouragement and some guidance, and then checking back in with them later. And look, we could just keep on going on into more and more detail about what childcare is. And whether it's childcare, aged care or neighbourhood care, it generally starts with making sure that the physical and the emotional needs are not only met, but that we extend even beyond the basics so that we align what we do with those values that are so important to so many of us, like love and care and compassion. When it comes to self-care, how many of these tasks do you routinely do for yourself? So thinking about childcare, how many of those sorts of tasks can you translate into self-care? How many of those tasks are you doing routinely for yourself? And when you do do them, are you doing them with love and care and compassion? Are there some tasks or some of those values that seem to routinely get left out? It's a pretty big question. So I've got some reflective questions to ask you to help you to identify where you're at with your self-care. Now, the questions that I'm about to ask you, they're intended to simply be a prompt to help you identify where you might be able to focus a little bit more energy and attention. So these questions are not meant to be a judgment or a comparison between anyone because Self-care looks different to each individual. There is no right or wrong way of doing it. But you'll know when you're doing it right for you because you'll have more energy, attention and compassion, not just for yourself, but for other areas of your life and other people in your life too. You'll feel like your cup is full enough that you're able to share some time and energy being with others and helping others at work as well as in your personal life. So here are some questions that you could ask yourself. Am I choosing carefully and lovingly what I take into my body, what I feed myself with, what I put on my body? Wherever and whenever possible, Am I choosing foods that are as natural as possible? 
Am I staying hydrated by drinking plenty of water? And what products am I putting on my hair and skin? Am I looking after myself by moving my body throughout the day? We know that moving your body as much as possible, so moving more and sitting less, is the single biggest factor that will improve your long-term health prospects. It's as simple as getting up and moving around a bit more. And while we're talking about movement, am I exercising regularly? So exercise is a physical movement, but it's for a very specific purpose and it tends to be a little bit more intense in general. For example, exercise is something that we do to improve cardiovascular fitness, flexibility, endurance or strength. Am I getting outside every day to enjoy the fresh air and the sunshine or maybe the rain? Am I getting outside to enjoy the garden, the clouds, the night sky, the breeze? Am I nurturing myself with social activities that feed my mind and my soul? Am I connecting with the people who lift me up? and who add great value to my life. And this next one's a big one. Am I getting enough sleep? Am I setting boundaries for myself when it comes to getting to bed and getting up in the morning, as well as using devices and the boundaries that I have with other people? Do I listen to my body and my mind and my heart? Or am I operating on autopilot? Am I compassionate and caring towards myself in ways that I'm compassionate and caring towards other people? How am I speaking to myself today? Am I speaking to myself as I would speak to a friend or to someone I despise? Am I spending time connecting with nature? About two hours a week is a really good amount of nature time to aim for in order to enjoy its benefits the most. And my last question for you is, do I gift myself the time and the space that I need to reflect, to think, to pause? And to just be. These questions address the very foundations of self-care that so often we neglect. These are the aspects of self-care that really do build your health and your energy. They contribute to your sense of vitality and your sense of self-worth. And I know they don't sound super exciting. They're not dazzling and glitzy like a dreamy holiday or a a dreamy retreat in Bali, for example. But these are really essential components of self-care. And if you neglect them and you spend your time, your energy and your money constantly seeking other activities to fill up your self-care cup or other products or other services... You'll never be content. So 
what parts of self-care, which sections of the foundations of self-care are you currently practicing and that you feel satisfied with? And which ones are you thinking that you'd like to work on or that you might be missing somewhat? And how are you going to do that? What do you think might get in the way of achieving that? And what ideas do you have for overcoming those obstacles? Look, I love having conversations like these with the women in my communities and I'd love to hear from you too. So please feel free to send me a message using the link that's in the show notes. And you can also go back over the questions that I've just posed to you that I've been throwing your way today by reading the transcript that's in my blog. The link will be in the show notes as well. If you haven't already, I'd love you to come over to the Outdoors Is My Therapy Facebook group and join us because there's lots of sharing of inspiring ways to practice self-care in the outdoors over there. Okay, that's it from today and I do hope that you've got a little bit of a takeaway about self-care and your role in managing your own self-care. I'm going to catch up with you in the next episode where we're going to look at that obstacle of time, making sure that you've got time to practice self-care.